The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for the next level of leadership? It's going to be here before you know it. Today's leaders need the skills, connections, and savvy to become top professionals in their fields. Welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. In the next hour, you'll meet people who have become successful at the helm of some of the most respected organizations in the world, and you can become the next big success story. Now, here's your host, Maureen Metcalf. Hi, welcome to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. Today, we're joined by Dave DuBose, and we'll be talking about supply chain. I'm your host, Maureen Metcalf. I'm the founder and CEO of Metcalf & Associates. I work as an executive advisor, a speaker, coach, and author of an award-winning book series focusing on helping leaders innovate how they lead. I'm also on faculty at universities in the U.S. and Germany. So let's meet Dave. He's a senior supply chain professional with strong cross-industry expertise, including retail, consumer products, resources, and high-tech, as well as global experience in Europe, Mideast, and Asia. He delivers innovative results and has the ability to translate business strategy into operating strategy and tactics. He has experience in end-to-end business operations and in deploying business solutions from concept through implementation, which sounds like a lot of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, Dave can figure out from your strategy or help you develop a strategy and turn it into results. Absolutely. In the supply chain space. Yeah. Probably in other stuff, too. (laughs) So the Voice America series, my goal in starting this was this idea of helping leaders innovate how they lead. And that is the volume of change we're facing right now. We as leaders need to stay current on what is latest in our fields Mm -hmm. or what is latest in tangential fields that impact us that we may not have the time or the inclination to research because we're running like crazy to keep up. And so guests like Dave can help us understand what's happening in spaces like supply chain that can upend us if we're not aware of what's happening. Specifically, if our competitors decide that supply chain's an advantage and we do not, we could be derailed in ways that we would not have anticipated. So in addition to sharing models and expertise, I hope you hear something from this conversation today that sparks you to take action in your own leadership life or business life. Or personal life. (laughs) Um, So Dave's going to share his expertise with supply chain optimization and talk about what leaders should be thinking about with regard to effective supply chain management with the significant changes happening in the supply chain space right now. When done well, it's cost-effective and uh, tracks limited attention. When done poorly, it damages a company's reputation. And that's really what Dave's here to help us identify is what do we do to ensure that we're cost-effective and a differentiator based on our supply chain work rather than we're the one that on Black Friday everyone's talking about (laughs) or next week when we don't get our stuff. So, Dave, why don't you introduce yourself, and then we'll go into talking about uh, supply chain. So thanks for joining us. Thanks so much. Uh, my pleasure, Maureen. Thanks so much for having me. I, I appreciate it. It's uh, always great to be able to talk with you and I'll talk with folks about supply chain. So, um, you know, at, at its most basic level, um, there and there are fancy definitions that are all around, but mm-hmm. supply chain is about planning and executing the movement of physical goods through what we would call a network. So basically going from a plant where uh-huh. something is manufactured, uh, a widget, t-shirt, a pair of jeans, through um, possibly customs crossing a border, 
into a network uh, of maybe multiple distribution centers and ultimately, uh, let's say in a retail example, mm-hmm. to stores and to a customer. So that's a supply chain. Or if you're buying something, you know, just to localize it a little bit, if you're buying something off Amazon, we'll probably talk a little bit about Amazon. Um, <laughs> you know, you uh, put in the order and then automatically somebody goes and picks it. And if you've got Prime, you, you get it two days later and you're happy and it was free shipping. So I'm assuming also that within the the construct of supply chain, you're talking about getting all of the raw materials to the plant to, to do the manufacturing. Yeah, that, so that's a great point. Uh, absolutely. I was kind of talking really about more so what we would call the finished goods side okay. of things. So okay. I'm ordering something and uh, or I'm, I'm running finished goods mm-hmm. through my network. But also, if you were to take a look at a, and again, I'll sort of stick with maybe an, an apparel example. Okay. Just, yeah. uh, it could be, but it could be chemicals. It could be something else. Um, there are uh, raw materials that come in. So you've got uh, fabric, you've got what they call uh, trims, you've got zippers, buttons, things like that that have mm-hmm. all got to come together at the factory. At the right time. At the right time so that they can be made, uh, you mm-hmm. know, cut and sewn, and then mm-hmm. uh, converted into finished goods. Now, um, a lot of times what, what you'll find is, not to get too detailed, but yeah. in that particular example, you might have uh, the factory is more so controlling some of those upstream activities, I'll okay. call them, on the raw materials, mm-hmm. and then your logistics, uh, transportation, distribution folks are controlling the flow of the finished goods through the network. But yeah, it's it's really all of that flow. There's actually a great thing that I think somebody, uh, a professor from Michigan State, uh, had this has this uh, vignette about uh, you go to Wendy's or McDonald's and you order mm-hmm. a hamburger, mm-hmm. and you know that's you know you pay three or four bucks you get your hamburger but what goes into getting that hamburger to you i mean there's you know there's fresh food hopefully <laughs> fresh food uh there's uh there's condiments there's pickles onions so forth and there's mm-hmm. there's this whole chain to get you ultimately that hamburger that's converted made at the uh, store there and you buy it uh so it's all of those mm-hmm. activities I, I worked for a fast food client who who grew all their own beef to, yeah to ensure that they had the freshest product which also meant they had to have the right amount of cows Absolutely, absolutely. And, then, and probably some of their strategy, I would think, uh, would have been uh, not only just the quality and the, the ability to, to sell that sort of, uh, it's more of that kind of farm-to-table type yeah, of an idea, yeah. I suppose, but in, in the fast food example. But um, uh, also, it's controlling your supply. So it's, there's an element of controlling your supply chain. So if you've got uh, your own cows, your own farm, so that you, mm-hmm. you control that element of it, you've got to manage it, you've got to plan it, mm-hmm. but you have more control than if you were maybe dealing with something on the open market. So there's some advantages to doing that. Makes sense, right? I, well, and there's a cost trade-off. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there is cost trade-off. I mean, there's, there's um, you are, in, in the case of that particular client, I'm not familiar with the specific situation, but they probably have got a, uh, you know, they may, they may have a premium price they're charging for their product because of you know, the way they're going mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. It's, this, uh, you know, sort of the whole free range idea and everything. Yeah. Now, healthier. there's a there's healthier, the whole bit. Now, there's there's a there's a cost trade off to that, but then you can, you know, they, I would imagine they're able to charge a premium for that mm-hmm. too. So, so there there is a cost trade off. Uh, I mentioned the the issue of control earlier, um, and and so you know you know everybody knows Walmart. Well, Walmart has its own uh, delivery fleet. Now, you know, why does Walmart have its own delivery fleet? Well. Um, they want is, is control purely. It's not a. It's really not a cost thing. Although Walmart mm-hmm. is known as being low cost, uh, it's really about being able to control transportation. So having control over different pieces of your supply chain basically doesn't put you at uh, uh, expose you to some of the risks that could be out there in the open market. And say there's a trucker shortage. Well, you have your own truckers in that case. And we'll get into that in a few minutes, but this idea of what are the disruptive changes and Mm -hmm. self-driving trucks and some of this stuff is going to be fascinating. Okay, so what's the role that supply chain plays in business overall? Uh, well, as a supply chain guy, I'd like to say it's uh, it's the most it's important the thing, thing. But you know, the marketing <laughs> folks and the sales folks wouldn't agree with that. It, well, it, I mean, it is a it is a critical role. The risk okay. of sounding a little self serving. Um, so. Uh, if if you think about the evolution of supply chain, I mean, mm-hmm. so I mean, a few just a few short decades ago, the term really didn't even exist, uh, at mm-hmm. least not in kind of you know the popular business yeah. uh, lexicon. Now it's like all over the place. What mm-hmm. I mean, supply chain really is about um, ensuring uh, 
customer service and customer satisfaction, right? So in, in, a, in, a, mar, in, a, in a situation where you have got physical goods that are being delivered to you or to me, mm-hmm. I mean, so are we getting the right, the right thing that we're ordering at the mm-hmm. right time, mm-hmm. the right price, the right quality, all mm-hmm. of that. So it's really um, about that ultimately and okay. making that happen. So it is a, it, it's a critical role. And I mentioned, you know, sales and marketing and mm-hmm. sort of in my, mm-hmm. uh, my little comment up front, uh, I mean, those functions and others do rely heavily mm-hmm. on supply chain to do its job and to, to make it happen. I mean, it's kind of an interesting role in a lot of ways. I was actually in a seminar on Friday where uh, uh, a, an individual who heads up a kind of the, the leading supply chain professional services organization, mm-hmm. um, CSCMP referred to it as um, kind of the invisible function. So it's um, uh, when, when things are going well, Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody really says anything like, hey, thanks for making we sure that we don't care. Yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> you know, that's fine. But it's kind of like, uh, and I've heard another person refer to it as the utility function. It's when the lights mm-hmm. don't turn on one day, then all of a sudden there's a problem. Well, that's yeah. a little bit like supply chain. I mean, it's it, you, don't, you don't necessarily get a lot of attaboys, girls for when things go mm-hmm. well. But people definitely notice when they, when, don't, get their when stuff. they don't get their stuff. And, uh, and there are other competitors in the market who are, you know, trying to do that better than you. So it's an important function. So can you give an example of someone who is ex- known for their excellence in supply chain? Oh, yeah. I mean, there are some, uh, uh, in terms of, like, peep individuals or companies. Companies. Or companies. Who would we know? Yeah, well, I mean, uh, I mean, certainly I mentioned Walmart before. Yeah. They're, yeah. You know, they, they've had a reputation as being, you know, a, a, a tremendous, uh, you know, leader in that area for many years. Uh, I mean, certainly you'd have to talk about, you know, Amazon. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have uh, uh, really been uh, very disruptive uh, in terms of what they've been able to bring with the whole service aspect and delivery. And now we're, you know, certain markets are doing this kind of same day, you know, delivery idea that's, you know, being piloted. And it's uh, so they've done just some some, you know, remarkable things. And other people are really mm-hmm. kind of following them uh, a little closer to home here in Columbus, Ohio. I mean, companies like L Brands are, you know, s- certainly fantastic at, mm-hmm. you know, what they do with supply chain. Which uh, is the limited? The limited, okay. yes, sorry, yeah. The limited, uh, uh, the name uh, changed a few years ago, but uh, it, it uh, you know, they have to deal with a very complex global supply chain, mm-hmm. getting goods uh, basically uh, manufactured largely in Asia and then uh, brought into the U.S. and frankly to other parts around the world. Mm-hmm. So it's very mm-hmm. complex, a lot of uh, logistics, distribution, transportation, and trade issues to be dealt with, mm-hmm. and they do a great job of it. Cool. So what role does supply chain play in society then? Well, um, I mean, I've been talking about really commercial businesses, but I mean, if you think about, uh, there's a criticality of of a role that supply chain plays in our lives. So Mm -hmm. you can think of, I use kind of an extreme example Mm -hmm. of like a a massive supply chain uh, logistics failure really was, Mm -hmm. if you think about Katrina, uh, I mean, that was just a horrible, horrible natural disaster that affected, you know, the you know, New Orleans, the Gulf region. It was just mm-hmm. a terrible, terrible thing. And then, so, though, and so in the aftermath of that, you know, what did people need? Well, they needed, you know, water, water food, clothing. Uh, you know, they, there are all these basic just human needs. And uh, there were, and this is not a you know, political comment or anything mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. but there were just a tremendous amount of failures. You know, so mm-hmm. there were trucks of water uh, and ice that just didn't get, because there just were systematic and systemic failures in okay. getting uh, those trailers to the right destination. And um, so so there's some, you know, mm-hmm. so it plays a role in society, not just like, you know, buying something that you love Getting off of my a, underwear off for your, limited exactly <laughs> i mean it's 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 you know it's basic you know human needs and ability to deliver on those and um and and so so i think from things like katrina we learned a lot you know about like well how do mm-hmm. we you know so you talked uh, talked about planning and coordination and how do you drive execution mm-hmm. i mean uh, there are a lot of failures up and down the board mm-hmm. how do you do that better and uh, i think there were a lot of learnings coming out of those those failures you know, one question I've had for a while, we did an interview with someone on anti-fragile uh, and the idea that you learn from these, but that fragile could be incredibly well-managed, just-in-time uh, stocking of a store, mm-hmm. and then we have a crisis like Katrina, and, and it turns out that what was cost-effective may not be as effective when we look at disruption. Um. That's true. That's true. So, so you know, there, in in terms of um, uh, 
if you if you look at disruption, so there's so I'm going to go back to an Amazon example mm-hmm. here. So when they um, Amazon is a you know a, you know an enormous company. Yeah. Uh, now, in- interestingly, if you look at sort of their you know how they do mm-hmm. as a commercial enterprise, they actually mm-hmm. don't make a lot of money. Their goal has not been necessarily to just make money and have shareholder value and so you know so forth. And well, not I won't say shareholder value, but profitability. But what they have done is they've managed to really, really significantly innovate in the supply chain. So that whole thing with that same day uh, delivery yeah. piece, that yeah. that was like, and I'm going to get the number wrong, but something like uh, from concept to market uh, for a pilot was like 90 days or 100 days. Wow. I mean, they do it very, very quickly. And, um, and you know, one of the things they will talk about there, and I think supply, you know, more broadly supply chain leaders, you know, they'll think about how do you fail fast? I mean, so how do you, I mean, we have to be able to try new things things, there may not be an, an immediate economic benefit to us, but over time, we're going to take this in a new direction. So th- that gets us into a bigger question about leadership, and let's come back to that okay. after break, sure. because it's a totally different mindset, this fail fast versus mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. stay the yep, course. Yep, yep, yep. absolutely. And as a leader, I need to be looking at my how I run my business entirely differently. Uh-huh. Very true. Very and I'm true. assuming you advise people on some of that as well. Uh, yeah, we do okay. that as well. Sure. Cool. So let's go to break. We are uh, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations, joined by Dave DeBose today talking about supply chain. And after we come back, we'll move into a little bit more about leadership and trends in the supply chain space. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Are you looking to get noticed in today's business world? Listen for Chat with Chickles, what they couldn't teach you in business school. This is the show that will help you survive and thrive in business today. It's what you can do differently that will help you stand apart from everybody else in the field. Lisa Chickles and her guests can show you just how to gain that unique edge. Chat with Chickles can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The Leadership Hour explores what it takes to become a leader who inspires. Inspirational leaders drive higher creativity, lower turnover, and better quality work. Yet few understand their impact on others. We are blind to what we do and don't do well. Training can help, but only if we know our blind spots. To hear strategies for becoming an inspirational leader, join Christine Cowan Gascoigne on the Leadership Hour, where leadership and inspiration intersect. Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. This is Maureen Metcalf and Dave DeBose, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. And today we're focusing on supply chain. So, Dave, before break, we talked a little bit about leadership and this moving from 
kind of a mm -hmm. command and control focus to more agility. And during break, you were talking about the military and some of the ways they're deploying supply chain sure. to accomplish their mission. Yeah, sure thing. And, and you know, uh, logistics, which is a component, it's more the physical mm -hmm. movement of, mm -hmm. of items, has been a component of, you know, the, of the military for a long time. If you think about uh, military campaigns, you've got to be able to supply the troops, mm -hmm. and there are these you got to be able to get the troops there. Exactly. you got to get the <laughs> troops there. you got to get all the stuff there and, and set up, you know, maybe airstrips mm -hmm. or whatever. And the military has, I mean, for decades or, you know, probably centuries, been a, mm -hmm. a, a leader in this space. And... I had the opportunity to hear Colin Powell, well, general or secretary, I guess, mm -hmm. uh, Powell speak at a uh, Council of Supply Chain Management Professionals, the big uh, national meeting uh, one year, and he talked about the uh, the Gulf War, and he talked about, well, what was his biggest issue? And, and you know, you would think, like, well, maybe it's, you know, some sort of highfalutin issue around, you know, how we get all these different generals and people together mm -hmm. and talking all this. It mm -hmm. was actually not that. It was, I'm sure there may have been issues with that, but it was <laughs> it was getting it was getting trucks. It was basically getting trucks and trailers to be able to su supply. And he went through some some examples about just being resourceful and, and having to, uh, you know, deal with maybe having trucks from, uh, you know, f folks from Albania were the drivers and from another company we got the vehicles and, and from yet another country we got the actual trailers and we had to bring it all together yeah. and that's how we fed the fed the supply lines the supply chain and i just thought it was a great example because it wasn't this like really pretty buttoned up solution but it was you had these military leaders on the ground and they just had to figure stuff out and that that's a mm -hmm. lot about what supply chain can be certainly in the military you're dealing with uh not the map as you see things you know metaphorically mm -hmm. speaking mm -hmm. but the terrain as it actually is and you have to deal with it and no matter how well the plan is crafted yeah. The, the rate of IEDs blowing up trucks oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. may not have been modeled perfectly. Absolutely. Nor Absol should it be. Absolutely. Exactly. So then let's go into mindset. What makes an effective leader in the supply chain space? Well, I think it's, uh, and, and I could apply this probably to the, I just talked about the military context or mm -hmm. the public context as well as the, the private enterprise context, but I think uh, in both cases, you have got a, a leader who is uh, uh, very, very dialed into what is what is the mission. In the military mm -hmm. parlance, what is the mission that mm -hmm. I'm uh, trying mm -hmm. to accomplish? In the private sector, it would be uh, how am I supporting my enterprise in delivering the promise to the customer mm -hmm. and, and really understanding that. So it's not just thinking about it in terms of how do I minimize my cost structure, transportation, distribution, warehousing, mm -hmm. so forth? Mm -hmm. that, that's important. There's, yeah. You got to you got to keep keep your costs in, in line. But really, what am I trying to do relative to my customer? I mean, making my customer happy and supporting my sales mm -hmm. and marketing and overall mm -hmm. business enterprise efforts. So it's really seeing oneself as an enterprise leader, not just as uh, somebody who is in charge of a functional area. So, so this is the shift then from I'm executing my function to I am part of the strategic leadership team. Absolutely. So is optimally, and I realize lots of organizations run differently, is supply chain at the table when the strategy is crafted? So I would say to, in today's world, uh, yes. And certainly more and more so. Um, there is, uh, in many organizations, a chief supply chain officer role, usually with that title, often if, if not that with a, some maybe executive VP, but a very senior leadership uh, title uh -huh. uh, reporting uh, either directly to the CEO or the possibly to the chief operating officer, takes different uh -huh. forms. But yeah, I think that individual is very much at the table. Uh, now, 20, 30 years ago, was that the case? No, not so much. I mean, it was more kind of managed functionally, mm -hmm. uh, but now that is seen as a very, very critical part of enabling the enterprise strategy. So if we looked at an Amazon or a Walmart or someone, mm -hmm. they would definitely have a voice at, in the st strategic planning. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They would have a, uh, you know, they, they may not be figuring out what we want to deliver to mm -hmm. a customer mm -hmm. in terms of right. the, uh, the, the product offer, uh, but very much how that gets enabled and how it gets done, yes. So you have, and you can't discuss really one without the other, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Well, and that's, that was part of what I was trying to point to is at one point supply chain would just be those guys over there 
And yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's, uh, yeah, there's, there's uh, kind of in the in the in the old world. I mean, when I uh-huh. sort of was was growing up in uh, wasn't even called supply chain then. It was called distribution. Uh-huh. Uh, it, this was even early before we called it logistics in my former job. Mm-hmm. But we uh, we talked about uh, you know people talk about you know box kickers in the warehouse mm-hmm. and tire kickers you know driving uh-huh. the trucks and uh-huh. managing those folks. And so things have come a long way since then. I mean, the, you know, it's not just viewed as this this isolated functional area. It's really much more of a critical, strategic part of your business and, okay. and how you do things. So thinking then, if it is critical and strategic, what trends are we seeing in supply chain work and what do you expect to change over the next few years? Well, I mean, I think you've certainly seen, you know, I'm, I mean, I'll kind of point to an example from last yeah. holiday for mm-hmm. you know, the retail world. So mm-hmm. there's been this notion, you know, Black Friday. So that yeah. starts, you know, after Thanksgiving and that's or when... Or on Thanksgiving. Or, yeah. or on Thanksgiving. Well, that, well, and that's kind of the point, all right? Because what has happened over time is it's become this almost black holiday. I mean, the... Uh, the, uh, the, uh, <laughs> the the season. The, 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 the season, because it's it's really the, the sales start and mm-hmm. the movement of goods starts, the customer service, and, and all of that really starts. Now, the lines of blurred is not just Black Friday. It starts earlier, and it continues through certainly, you know, up to Christmas and really even, you know, one would argue beyond Christmas in terms of other sales, in terms of end returns, of year, end yeah. of year, all of that. So that really, uh, so this past holiday, 2015, uh-huh. really took, uh, was, was kind of a black eye from a customer service standpoint because uh, what has happened in the in the chase to get those that share of wallet from uh, uh-huh. customers out there, uh-huh. it put a lot of strain on supply chains. And so there were some, some pretty significant service failures, and there's some documentation around this, but service failures around people not getting packages on time, uh, oh, I think I ordered something and it took three weeks. I, I think, yeah, and, and and that's not and that's not uncommon. I was talking with somebody the other day and he and he told me about three or four separate failures he had. So it's really uh, so if you, if you think about you know trends, so that that's a trend that's happened mm-hmm. from a business standpoint. Now, what does that mean from a supply chain standpoint? Well, retailers and have got to start thinking in that case about you know well how do we set ourselves up for success there because we don't want to have mm-hmm. all of these promotions and then drive all of this traffic. Mm-hmm. Just to hack our customers off when they get in the store, or they order something online or doesn't get there on time, or they uh-huh. go to the store and uh-huh. it's not there. So we've got to set our supply chain up to be able to deliver on that, uh-huh. you know, what I'll call the customer promise, uh-huh. and uh, right, you know, right product, right place, right time, and to have it there on time in the right quantity, and and set up our supply chain so that we're able to do that and do it in a way that doesn't. Require the I've heard some people call it the you know the over the over the fence uh, catch of the you know <laughs> bottom bottom of the ninth inning right you know you got you got to be able to do it in a repeatable way and that's a high stress time from a volume standpoint. So two things stand out to me that I've seen um, because I order wine from California, have it shipped here, and I travel a lot. I am monitoring the UPS drop off date because I don't mm. want to then drive out to the UPS spot and get my wine that's been sitting in a warehouse at 150 degrees sure. for days right. or have it shipped back, which is, has happened often. Mm-hmm. So, so this idea that now UPS and FedEx, I can log on, figure out where my stuff is, and same with my medication. Yeah, yeah. Right? How do I get the medication before I leave town? And I've right. had stuff diverted all over the country right. so that I can stay healthy. That seems like a significant change. Before, I would have just had to sit yeah. and wait, and if if it didn't work, too bad, my problem. Yeah. So you're hitting on something that's a really critical, uh, you know, trend, right? That's mm-hmm. out there, or you know, well, a capability that's out there. Certainly, yeah. that you know, you, the, you mentioned UPS and FedEx. They've they've nailed this whole idea of you know supply chain visibility, being able to see. It's sort of the idea of where's my stuff to be yeah. able to go online <laughs> to you know hit that link, and then you can yeah. tell you know where it is. I yeah. mean, uh, maybe maybe not you know from a standpoint point of you see the GPS and the mm-hmm. product moving but it's you know, not some, quite the Uber guy. Not, not quite there but you know it's probably getting to the Uber guy right uh-huh. but it's but it's that uh, it's that idea and that gives you flexibility to your point you're able to uh, do things where you've got an appointment or you've got some travel coming up you're able to get it rerouted you know that that is a you know tremendous capability that's out there that really puts you know the, puts the power in the hands of the 
customer that it just mm-hmm. you know that you and I didn't have before. So that's that's you know fantastic. I think you could probably extrapolate that mm-hmm. to what enterprises are doing and are seeking to do mm-hmm. uh, with with this idea of supply chain visibility to know where is that how is that inventory flowing through my network? Mm-hmm. Where is it? Because if it's not selling in this group of stores yeah. on the East Coast, maybe I want to get it over to the Midwest somewhere, and I need to snowstorm. Re- snowstorm, yeah, right. Could be a could be a, a weather issue. It could be just a consumer demand issue, mm-hmm. and so I need to be able to reroute that truck. So I've got a, that that requires that I can see where where that product is uh-huh. in real time, virtually, and then be able to make a make a decision, do something different. So with point of sale devices, I can track where my thing where I'm having a lack of inventory and I'm assuming there are automated systems that send alerts and say you're low on uh, ski boots in Colorado because we got snow in October. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there's so there are, there are some great tools out there. Some great technology mm-hmm. of course that you know comes with cost yeah. and effort to put yeah. it in, yep. but but there's some great technology out there that enables uh, supply chain professionals to really be able to uh, y- you mentioned sort of that replenishment quantity mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things that can be like that automated mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. you can, you, it doesn't, so everything doesn't require human intervention to mm-hmm. be able to say, well, I'm low here. Well, I mean, in a, in a situation where you've got hundreds and thousands of stores, mm-hmm. it's impossible for an individual or a group of right. individuals to be looking at that all the time. But you can set up switches and dials in software, in software. Plant packages yeah, to be able to, to do that for you. So it, it gives you some, and then, and then that leaves the supply chain folks really uh, in a situation where they can manage the exceptions. They can do things that are going to be more of the, you know, st- you know, strategic. you know, strategic in the in the in the middle of a season, what do I do? And they mm-hmm. can manage those mm-hmm. types of things. Well, cuz at some point and, and I'm thinking weather specifically, we had a warm year last year. Yeah. So anyone who's selling cold weather items in sporting goods stores. Right. Now they've got a bunch of skis and socks and ski pants and mm-hmm. stuff that if not managed properly, plants continue to produce that stuff ends up being waste. They don't presumably well, keep it till the next year. Yeah, it's right. In, a, in you know, particularly like in a fashion industry like that, and certainly what, what you were alluding to would f- would fit that. Mm-hmm. Um, the a big issue in, uh, for example, in retail is just that, and, and waste really takes the form of what they call markdown. So that's yeah. when you and I go to the store and hey, I, there's a big sale and it's forty percent <laughs> off. Right, it's great, and we love that, and that's that's good for you and me. Not so great for that retailer. I mean, they want to be able to sell that product at full margin and 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 not have you know a massive overhang that they've mm-hmm. got to carry into the next season because they need to flush that inventory out some way, and they do that through a markdown, which is not the best thing for them. Well, it's not the best thing for the employees who want to keep their jobs. Absolutely. If supply chain is not managed well, it sounds like now my employees, sure, some will be at risk. Oh, sure. Well, I mean, it it, it definitely it gets right to you know the the commercial viability of the business, mm-hmm. right? So if mm-hmm. the business is doing well, yes, we're all you know people you know wages go up, everything happens in a mm-hmm. uh, in a good in a good way. But if we're yeah mismanaging the supply chain, then yeah, I mean you're going to feel an you're going to feel a, a a top line and bottom line impact mm-hmm. on those mm-hmm. things. So before we go to break, one of the things that's interesting to me, this idea of driver, not driverless cars, but cars that drive themselves. Right, right. And we have this shortage of truckers. Mm-hmm. Will we end up with delivery trucks that kind of drive themselves and I can just hang out and do my homework while my truck drives my stuff across the Yeah, country. so I mean, I, I mean, I think it's kind of a natural extension. Like Google did all that investment mm-hmm. in the, you know, the driverless cars, and of course they've got everything mapped. You know, they got mm-hmm. you know down to the street level <laughs> and pictures. You can see where I'm going, uh, uh, which sometimes would probably help me more, and I should pay more attention to that kind of stuff. But sometimes they're wrong, and sometimes they're wrong, and that happens too. We're laughing about this, uh, but uh, it, you know, I think that is kind of a natural extension. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's other issues around um, that whole driverless. Con, you know, as, as more and more mm-hmm. things become driverless and trucks will become, con- mm-hmm. you know, the, then you can, you know, you can manage congestion a lot better. I mean, because you're you're you're, you're flowing yeah. uh, things in a way that really uh, is controlled by software, is controlled by you know. So there's rerouting mm-hmm. that can take, can take place. There's also safety issues. I mean, we won't run into each other as much when there's sun. Uh, there's right exactly or rain or exactly, and you know, and these you know, right. You mentioned truckers. These long haul truckers have got you know. I mean, I mean, there's hours of service rules around that, but you know, mm-hmm. it's it's a you know, you're driving a. 
you know, uh, big, you know, big, you know, 45, 53 foot trailer, and it's a, you know, the, these are uh, 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 large vehicles, and they're very heavy, and they, you know, there's there, there are safety concerns and safety issues too. So yeah, absolutely, I think those those are the types of things that we could, we we can see that happening in the future, right? Potentially. And that will change the entire cost structure for delivery, I'm assuming, or significantly influence. Yeah, it would. It would yeah, it, it would absolutely. It would have a huge impact. Yeah, and I think you know, and and who knows, you know how. Far, I'm yeah. not a good, I'm not a futurist person, so I'm not yeah. going to comment on that. But, uh, <laughs> but it would absolutely change things in a very dramatic way. Now, there's obviously a lot around regulatory. There's a mm -hmm. lot of things that would have to happen mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, to uh, to enable that and to make to make it happen. But uh, yeah, you could see a very different cost structure, very different uh, way of doing things. Because the truck can drive itself for 24 hours a day, the human cannot drive 24 hours yeah, a day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so we're going to go to break. This is Maureen Metcalf and Dave DeBose talking about supply chain management. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Metcalf & Associates is a management consulting and leadership development firm dedicated to helping leaders, their management teams, and their organizations implement innovative leadership and business practices to help create market differentiation necessary to thrive in this rapidly changing environment. As the author of eight award-winning leadership books, Maureen Metcalf and her associates are positioned to help you and your organization grow and thrive. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. Maureen is ready to discuss your needs and tailor a solution to meet your needs through her expertise in keynote speaking, leadership coaching and training, transformational and organizational growth consulting. For your business, we can help with facilitated leadership retreats, organizational planning, culture alignment, individual and organizational assessments, online leadership development programs, and one-on-one -on -one or corporate-wide leadership development sessions. Move forward with Metcalf & Associates. Visit Metcalf-Associates.com. There are two types of leaders in business. Those who are nice, compassionate people, and frankly, they are the people who fail to get a lot done. Then there are those who can get everything done and so much more. But they are greedy, unethical, and self-centered. The Compassionate Samurai Business Hour with Kathy Fairbanks finds a way to use the best of both types of leaders to help you create a dynamic roadmap to success. Tune in every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Business. Are you a business innovator, or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. What if every day was a good day for business? because every decision you made was the best choice. What if you could receive regular input from credible sources and could acquire all the precise information you need exactly when you need it so you can make the right decision every single time? Because There's More challenges you to make better decisions. Join Laura Ellis every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific, and 2 p.m. GMT on the Voice America Business Channel and learn how to think differently for better decisions, better business. You are listening to Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations. To reach Maureen Metcalf or her guest today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to info at metcalf-associates.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. 
This is Maureen Metcalf and Dave DeBose, Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations, and we're talking about supply chain. So, Dave, what are some of the common business issues that companies face in supply chain management? So there was a there was a book that came out I think about twenty five years ago uh, called uh, <laughs> the, the Goal. Goal. Uh, uh, L. A. Goldratt. We were uh, talking about that a little bit. So it, so that that book was about really this idea that's called the theory of constraints. So basically, where do you find bottlenecks uh, in flow in mm-hmm. a in a mm-hmm. process? And and you can kind of extrapolate. I mean, I talked a little bit about the whole mm-hmm. issue with uh, uh, supply chain failures, uh, mm-hmm. service failures uh, over holiday, and it's sort of that idea. So it's basically where is my supply chain network? So basically, that's going to be my stores. My it could be you know direct to a customer. My distribution centers, my factories, any intermediate points where I store mm-hmm. or pro- product or product is mm-hmm. is flowing through. Uh, where am I hitting these bottlenecks, and where do I uh, the the term I've heard is you know where does the the pig try to pass through the python? That's kind of a gross mm. image, I know, <laughs> but it's kind of you know how do you de bottleneck those issues? So so in supply chain. One way, there's different ways that you can do mm-hmm. that, and that is a very, very common uh, issue. Um, it's, it's, well, how's my supply chain set up? So I might look at my overall uh, logistics network. Mm-hmm. So what is my the design of my logistics network? So how many boxes do I need to have, and where should they be? Boxes mm-hmm. being distribution centers or fulfillment yeah. centers. And then where should they be located relative to my customer base, relative to my factory or my ports or whatever? Okay. And, um, and how big should they be? I mean, so do I, you know, uh, the old saying of, you know, do you build the church for Easter Sunday or do you, uh, do you figure out, you know, uh, you know, this is sort of my average demand yeah. and then what is my flex uh, demand size that I need to have from a capacity standpoint? So these are capital investments in buildings. Yes, yes. And then I may have the ability to lease for overflow, but then I don't control it. Back to our early discussion, if right. I have no control, right. then right. my competitor may already be leasing at that port. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it, right. And so the if you think about that distribution network, and so mm-hmm. those are very those are expensive decisions to make that typically are multi-year, multi-decade types of mm-hmm. decisions around mm-hmm. bringing up a new distribution center. Also. How much automation do you put in a facility? So what kinds of materials handling equipment mm-hmm. do you have mm-hmm. in a, a facility? Do you have robots in the facility? Uh, yeah, I was to be just able thinking to, of yeah. pharmacies. Yeah. Pharmacies have robots that are distributing two pills. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's right. And I was actually at uh, OSU Medical Center that's, recently. Uh, that's and exactly were, what and I they was were, Yeah, they were, uh, uh, and, and basically, uh, and they, they don't actually distribute, I don't believe the pharmaceuticals there, but they do laundry. There's a lot of tasks, and you see the, all mm-hmm. these little robots running around, and they are uh, going up up and down elevators to floors, and they're, you know, taking the, you know, taking uh, materials in, bringing materials mm-hmm. out. You know, it could be trash, could be waste, whatever. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of the uh, specifically the pharmacy where they're uh, pulling and cupping uh, drugs. Yeah, yeah. So right, right. So that uh, there, you know. So there's other. There's all kinds of mm-hmm. different uh, types of materials handling equipment that are out there. And there, yeah. So it could be just like you know fulfilling the orders. I was mm-hmm. thinking about just actually uh, fulfilling in the sense of uh, uh, taking something from A to B. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but it could be you know how do I you know wh- you know what's my equipment that actually puts the right number of pills into the to the bottle right so. Um, I mean, so if you kind of, but if you kind of zoom out on it, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. idea is what kind of, you know, how many facilities do I have? Where should they be? What does my network need to look like? What are those flows of product? And that mm-hmm. could be, you know, mm-hmm. raw materials as well as finished goods flows, you know, through the network. And then how does that, you know, how much, and then within those facilities, how much materials handling do I need to have to be able to execute? Does it need to be highly automated mm-hmm. or, you know, very manual or somewhere in between? Um, and then how does that, flow of goods look over time. So where do I think I'm going to so a big a big piece of it is understanding and doing some simula- simulation and modeling yeah. around that network to say okay, so I'm fine for here, but then when I get into, you know, my peak season, then mm-hmm. I've got issues. So I've got some decisions to make. I might rent or lease some space during a time again, don't build the church for Easter Sunday, but I, I take down some additional mm-hmm. space for a period of time and then uh, and then after I get through peak season, then I'm back to my normal flow. I mean, there's different mm-hmm. ways to do it, mm-hmm. but it, there's a lot of just, you know, math, modeling, simulation and in terms of figuring out how to optimize that flow of goods. 
I'm, I'm thinking of my trip to Napa and talking to winemakers, right? So they... They I want to go on that trip. I want to go on that next trip, by the way. <laughs> so their focus is growing grapes. Not all of them have crushing facilities. and yeah. So everyone's grapes mature in a pretty close proximity of time, depending mm-hmm. on you know, sun and slant of hills sure. and all that stuff. But then you've got this rush of optimal day to put my grapes into a crusher, into these facilities, and the whole community is facing the same constraints. So it's interesting to th- maybe you should take on <laughs> supply chain work in. That sounds like some great work Sonoma to me. I, I, I would volunteer for that. <laughs> the, no, the, uh, so you've got in that situation, you have got this community of you know folks who own the vineyards, mm-hmm. and they're competing for a set of you know kind of common resources. Mm-hmm. It could be equipment, labor, so forth, and that puts a you know that puts a strain on uh, puts a strain on supply chain. I mm-hmm. mean, if you look at well, you know, sort of let's take Columbus, Ohio here. A lot of, there are a lot of retailers in the area, mm-hmm. a lot of distribution. It's a great distribution point uh, for a whole lot of folks. And mm-hmm. uh, the, one of the big issues is labor. So you get into peak season, then everybody's competing for, you know, resources. And we're at, what, I don't know, 4.5%, 4%, you know, uh, unemployment, unemployment here. Yeah. So it's, we're at full employment. So it's, uh, it's so you got to think about those things. And you, mm-hmm. so there's, you know, how do you plan for that? And, you know, execute within, you know, so that you can execute within your capabilities so that you don't have the service failures. Mm-hmm. But, the, I mean, those are examples of, you know, types of, you know, that's kind of a big issue, that whole kind of capacity issue and how you manage it. And then there are ways to uh, model it, look at it, and then it drives you into a set of options. You know, what do I do? When this mm-hmm. happens, then what do I do? So where would I get the capability of modeling? Is that something that I go to my favorite consultant for, or in house? Sure, you, you, you should come to you should come to me for that. Absolutely, uh, you can't. So some people do it in house. Uh-huh. I mean, there are some great. Oh, I talked about software earlier, uh-huh. so there are some great tools to be able okay. to um, to to model queuing theory and that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's that kind of it's that kind of thing. It's uh, optimization uh-huh. uh, theory, which has been around for a long time since like World War II. But there's some great tools in the market uh-huh. that that do that. Uh, some companies do choose to invest and have you know maybe a person or a t- mm-hmm. small team of people mm-hmm. who do that type of modeling. For some people, that's that is just too expensive because you don't have to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. But when you need it, you need it. And um, and you know there people come and talk to you know people like me, firms like mine, mm-hmm. to to be able to to look at those types of problems. We do actually a lot of that kind of work, so it's a okay. fairly common sort of an initiative to for a company to undertake. Mm-hmm. Okay. What are some other initiatives that companies should be considering if they want supply chain to be a strategic advantage? So we talked a little bit about your your logistics network and your design. That's one mm-hmm. that's certainly very very important, very strategic. Um, also within your uh, f- you know your facilities, we talked mm-hmm. about your level of automation. Mm-hmm. So being mm-hmm. able to use automation to your greatest advantage to be able to uh, uh, to sort to sort orders to be able to uh, make things easy not not take away jobs from people but make mm-hmm. things easier on people bringing yeah. goods to them and then looking at your automation and, and automating you know everything that you can that's just going to be more efficient you know more productive um, looking at your software uh, mm-hmm. is important your applications that that you have so every you know you've heard about you know everybody's put in uh, ERP. ERP systems, things like that. Uh, and let's, for people who don't know, enterprise yeah. resource planning systems. Yes, right. Enterprise resource planning, so the big kind of backbones that run mm-hmm. run businesses. Uh, there are some very specific supply chain tools that help mm-hmm. manage your your planning, your transportation, your warehouse management systems, things like that that are very critical. There are some great tools out on the market. Uh, obviously, all of this requires effort and time yeah. and money, yeah. uh, but one of the uh, we talked a little bit earlier about supply chain visibility. There's some mm-hmm. there's some great tools out there that help to enable that visibility, that link things together in a way that you you know you can it's sort of the idea of the glass pipeline. I can see where my stuff is at any point okay. along that pipeline. Um, so this is almost my Uber app again, where I can yeah, see this, the, the guy going. Yeah, that's right. This is all, this is your, exactly this is your Uber app. Uh, I mean, at some point, conceptually, uh, they gets there, and uh, and there there are some neat tools around how orders get managed today. So there's this class of tools mm-hmm. called uh, distributed order management tools. So okay. if you think about a uh, you know uh, if I if I buy like the other day I uh, bought a pair of uh, uh, shoes for working out, and I uh, bought them online for this particular uh, retailer. And 
um, I uh, was able to you know pick them up in stores. So that's something that people mm-hmm. do today. I mean, that's not a, a not an uncommon thing. But if you think about that, that requires a level of visibility into. The store's the store. inventory, do they have the right size, right color, right style to be, that I can I can go buy that SKU? I so, did that at Home Depot and Lowe's Right. when I was doing some work on my house. So yeah. I'd find the, yeah. where was the quantity I needed of exactly. everything from handles to paint. So if you think of, right, so if you or think of, finishing kits. Exactly. So if you think about that, and you, you sort of take that for granted. Mm-hmm. Go, oh, okay, so over here's the one down the street. Perfect. I go get it and I bring it home. But there's a lot that has to be able to, you know, mm-hmm. be sucked into that, you know, uh, you know, b- behind the scenes so that you see that online and say, okay, yeah, there's inventory there. They can reserve it for me. I'll go pick mm-hmm. it up. So that's really really important. Um, and then um, and then also just um, you know really I think thinking you know thinking about supply chain as a competitive weapon that can help you become more agile, more responsive, uh, and be able to uh, meet those customer needs. So so we're back now to connecting supply chain to my mission, whether it's exactly. a military mission or a consumer mission or a public service mission of, of a different sort. Yep, absolutely. That by managing supply chain effectively and using the tools that you've talked about, the probability that I'm going to have the right stuff, whether it's people or food or products, to the consumer, and again, whether the consumer is a person in the military abroad or uh, me getting my medicine or wine, it's going to be where it needs to be, and my I will have confidence in the person who sold it to me, and I will get the products and services I need to manage my life, especially when we're talking about things like medication. Absolutely. Said very well. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap up, how would someone reach you specifically? Do you have a website or Yeah, absolutely absolutely. So uh, our website I work for Sedlac. Our website is uh, J A Sedlac S E D L A K dot com. And you can get certainly get a hold of me uh, through that. To wrap up This is Maureen Metcalf and Dave DuBose, and we're talking about supply chain and why do we care that it really does enable, it's a strategic differentiator for me to accomplish my mission and when done poorly can really provide a significant disadvantage to either my business or my community mission. And so like my power company, when it works, I don't think anything of it. When it doesn't work and it's the middle of winter, I think a lot about it, <laughs> yeah. and I care. Yes, and <laughs> and then if I don't have a backup generator, I'm in trouble in Ohio. It's cold here. Right, right, absolutely. Um, so as leaders, as we think about are we attending to our supply chain in a way that is a differentiator for us, or are we treating it more like a utility? And is that the decision to be most effective for our organizations? So that's really the question Dave is asking. Thank you for listening. I always love to hear your comments. So please email me at info at metcalf-associates.com. Let me know what's working. Let me know if you have questions for Dave or myself. And also give us questions. We will get back to you either on air or directly by email. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us this week. Please tune in for another edition of Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you here next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.